Good morning. Welcome to the Bar Sunday Morning Services. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in and being a part of this service. If you'd like to join in with us anywhere in the country, you can call 1-800-411-BARN, 1-800-411-2663, or go to barninfo.org and uh, get involved with this. Uh, uh, oh, the email is church at barninfo.org, right? Yeah. Church at barninfo.org. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. How are you doing? Fine. Good. Good. You know, uh, I had uh, major dental surgery done some, about my, uh, three or four weeks ago now, and now they make me wear this thing for a couple months, and I feel like I have a mouthful. So <laughs> it feels weird to have extra stuff in your mouth. I want to talk to you about truth because I've realized that one of the primary problems in America today is the hatred of truth. Most people don't love truth, and that's why they're not going free. Uh, let me just ask, do you guys, anybody here don't love truth? Who in this room don't love truth? Only two honest people, right? Okay, for those who didn't raise your hand, I'm going to have a question for you. Since uh, you all love truth, so you're going to make my day easy. But I want to give you some examples of what happens when you don't love truth, all right? Um, I do a lot of traveling and speaking to a lot of folks, and especially with white Americans. And nine times out of ten, I, I, when I ask how many white folks here are afraid to tell black people the truth for fear of being called a racist, and nine times out of ten, most people raise their hands. Whether it's at a church or any kind of event, they raise their hand that they are afraid to tell uh, black Americans the truth for fear of being called a racist. And as a result of being afraid over the years of telling uh, black people the truth, it's at a point now where white Americans are telling me that they don't want anything else to do with black folks. <clears throat> that they're going to stop even trying to help black Americans. They're giving up. And especially after this election with uh, a black president, uh, anytime white Americans say that they didn't vote for him or, or they disagree with him, they're being called racist. And I'm hearing this from folks who have grown up with black Americans. They're, their friends are black. And now, whenever they speak up, it creates a problem between each other. And it's because white Americans have shied away from telling the truth for the last 50 years or so for fear of being called a racist. I was down in New Orleans last weekend um, uh, speaking to a group of young people, and, I, and they took me on a tour of the communities after Hurricane Katrina. And in the black communities, there are white people there trying to rebuild these communities. And they can hardly get one black person to come out to help them to rebuild their own community down in the Ninth Ward, Upper and Lower Ninth Ward, which is predominantly black. And white Americans are afraid, I mean, they, are, they can't even get black people to come out to help build their own community. And they are afraid to go into the black community and ask them to come and help for fear of being called a racist. And I'm thinking, why, why do you have to prompt black folks to get out and, and build their own community anyway? But and I'll get to that in a minute. But because of the fear of being called a racist, they can't even tell black people to come out and help us build your community. 
help us out. And uh, so they, they've asked me to come down and go into the black communities to tell black people they need to come out <laughs> and build their own community. Isn't that like a shame? And the reason that black people are not doing that, most, not all, is because for the last 50 years that they've been told they don't have to be responsible. That the government will take care of you, which is another lie. That somebody give to you, you don't need to be married, you don't need to have, you know, be responsible for yourself. Somebody else is going to take care of you. And so for you to tell them to get out and work, it's like telling them that they're wrong for not working. They, they become angry at that. And so a lot of people over the years have not told, you know, told them the truth about themselves. And they've gotten worse instead of getting better. It is so bad that, it, and I believe it was the NAACP sent out a memo or a press release to black people asking them to get up and get involved with their own community. Because they've been so lied to about how to be responsible or if they need to be responsible or not. And the parents are not teaching the boys and girls how to be responsible. And the truth is not there to, to guide them, right? And so um, they are not even getting up and doing what they should do. Uh, the truth is that most black people today are racist toward white people. That is the truth. But when you tell them that, they get mad at you for saying that to them. They call you names. For me, they call me Uncle Tom and sellout. You know, uh, they call me a nigger, or you hate your color, you hate your mama, because they've been so taken away from truth that any little truth they hear, it hurts, and they'll fight to keep from hearing it, when, even when other black people tell them the truth. We had a, a conference yesterday with women, and it was interesting in that the meeting was supposed to be about women and their anger and how they should overcome it. And so I'm up there, Francisco and I are telling them what's going on, right, and how to overcome it. But there, I felt this pull against truth. And it was hard for the ladies, not all of them, but most of them, to open up and just admit, yes, I'm angry, here's why, here's what I've done as a result of being angry. You know, uh, I have problems because I'm angry. They would not just open up and freely accept it. Uh, some of them... They wanted to talk about the men well, because I was just totally on them about what they were doing. Was, well, what about the men? It sounds like you're not blaming the men for anything. But the media is not about men. It's about the women, you know, and what they need to do to become free. And, but, it, it, I mean, I worked hard yesterday. I earned my money yesterday. It was like when I was done, I had to go and take a nap because th that ego was just there and it would not allow it to get in. And I can see some of them, the devil just working with their mind. Well, he's blaming it on the women. What about the men? One lady even said to me, well, what about the men? And, and I'm wondering, what, if you're saying this about us, what are you saying about men in an all-men's meeting? You know, that focus is on somebody else and something else. And I have to tell you that you never, ever, ever, ever going to be free as long as you look to blame something else or somebody else for your problems. You're never going to be free. You're only going to be free when you can see yourself and don't deny it and admit that is you, that I got a problem. God said none of us are, are no good anyway. You know, we're all no good. But unless you can truly, truly see that, 
without blaming somebody else, you're never going to be free. Now, yes, we go back and look at how we became that way. And most people became that way because, you know, they're born into a crazy, insane family. You know, parents are fighting or the father's not there, the mother's angry, whatever. But that's how we become that way. And so once you look at how you became that way, it is time to take responsibility for yourself now. That ego need to endure. It need to face the pain and take the pain of being wrong. But we have a society today that absolutely love lies. I told a woman yesterday, you wouldn't even date a man that was a decent and honest man. A woman don't want a man that's going to tell her the truth. You know, he, she want a man that's going to lie to her. And a man doesn't want a woman that's going to tell him the truth. They want a, a man that... A man want a woman that's going to say, oh, you're so handsome. You're really a nice guy. I'll take care of you. You know, they want men that, I mean, men want women that lie to them. They don't want a woman that say, no, we're not going to have sex until marriage. You know, you're weak for trying to do that. You need to get your life together. They don't want anybody. They love life. And our America today is built on lies. I mean, it is, it's like in ways that you don't even realize that you're lying. You don't know that you're lying to yourself. But most people are not free because they're lying to themselves. But it feels good to lie too sometimes. But God has set it up that it's the truth that set us free. And if you don't come to that truth, look what type of government we have now because we are liars. <laughs> we have a government that lied to us and we love the fact that the government lied. You know, make us feel good and make us feel bad. You're not going to be free until you can take the pain of being wrong. Until you can absolutely be honest with yourself that is you and nobody else. Forgive your parents for setting you up and, and, and allow yourself to see yourself as you are. Um, I, I spoke at a meeting the other night, uh, Women Federation of Women, Republican Women, and on the way home, Patrick said to me, I now understand what you mean when you say you don't see any good in yourself. I don't see any good in myself. I really don't. And when I say it, I absolutely mean it. There's nothing good in me that I can see. But yet, because I don't hate what I see about myself, I have a great life. I have a... My life is so... My life is like a miracle almost. It's like... I feel no guilt about anything... I, I don't judge myself. I have perfect peace within myself. My purpose is laid out for me in life. I don't have to ever think about what to do in life, what I want to do. I don't feel like I'm missing something in life. I feel completed. And yet I'm overcoming things. And I'm overcoming the things that I can see about myself without hating seeing it about myself. And that's what people cannot do. The ego will not let you do it. You know, I was talking earlier about what it feels like when you're in love with a man. When a man loves a woman, it's like heaven to his soul. It's like he's been completed. And then in a few months, once that love starts to die down, you have this hate, hate, hateful battle that starts. Now you're fighting to get this love feeling back. And it's just all ego. Well, my life is not based on that anymore. And believe me, I've gone through that many times. I've been in love so many times I can't even count them. I had it so bad that when I would break up with one woman, when I knew we were about to break up, <laughs> we had lost that love and feeling. 
You heard that song, We Lost That Love and Feeling? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's smart. But we lost that love and feeling, and it looked as though I wasn't going to get it back. I hurried up and found another woman to replace her so I could get out of this relationship. Anybody ever done that? Just Richard and I, right? Keep on living, you will. Yeah. Well, you had a question. I'm sorry? I yeah. never had a day without two at one time. That's right. Yeah, there was and I used to wish that I could be by myself. You know, I was thinking, wow, why can't I get out of this relationship <laughs> and just live without a girl so I could just have some fun? <laughs> you know? But I was so connected to this God like relationship with the woman, and if I had an empty space there, I felt like I had no life. Like I, you know, I just was empty and lost and unloved. and and I remember one time I was dating this very attractive woman. I mean, she was, she was just what every man would want. And I would intentionally invite her to my job. And I worked at the hospital at the time. <laughs> I would intentionally invite her to my job so I could walk around the job so the other guy could see me with him. How silly is that? But, and she used to come and she'd be all looking all nice and great. But I felt like I was walking with God. And then that relationship started to fall apart, and it was devastating to me. So I have to hurry up and find somebody else and before, so I can get out of them. They keep from fighting, because if you don't get somebody else, now you've got to fight with this person to keep them. I didn't know at the time that I was allowing this woman to fulfill my soul, to take the place of God. I didn't know that that's what was going on, because nobody had ever told me that. Had I been told that, Hopefully, I would have at least took a pause and looked, you know, looked at myself to try to get over that. But nobody ever said, well, you need to relax and feel that emptiness, feel that pain, so that God can come in and save you from it. They never said that. When I told other guys, older men, that I was like from woman to woman, they were like, right on, brother. That's how you do it, you know. They never say, you know, you're never going to be happy this way. You're putting God, you're putting this woman in the place of God. And that's what's missing in our families and our society. Nobody is telling us the truth about what's going on. Once you get a glimpse of the truth, you can then go free. I'm telling you, folks, I love the truth. I love seeing what I see about myself. When I have to go through things, I don't fight about having to go through what I need to go through anymore because I realize I got to go through these things to get better in life. I need to see my relationship with God. And if I truly have a relationship with God, then I'm not going to be angry about what I have to go through in life. If I have to feel loneliness, that's just the way it is. If I have to deal with people who hate me, that's how it is. If I have to hear people say negative things about me, that's how it is. And it shows um, my relationship with God, and I love that. And anybody who buckled down and endure the ego pain so that you can overcome it, you can have it too. You cannot have but one God in your life. And most people have more than one. And I want to, my my heart desire is to get people to look at themselves. And it's it's, it's, it's hard on people when you tell them the truth because they think you are against them. When I tell women the truth, they think I'm a woman hater. When I tell men the truth, they think I'm against men. When I tell black people the truth, they think I'm against black people. And, And... because their ego do not want to feel any truth at all. And, and I can also tell you that once you love truth, all your needs will be met. God loves us. 
And so if you need a job, if you need money, if you need a good relationship, whatever it is you need, he will just add it unto you. But you will have that peace and that relationship with him. And you'll find your purpose in life. There's nothing like having your, finding your purpose in life. You never feel empty again. All right? Let me take some hands. Yes, yes, Pat. You know, uh, I, I uh, used to think that my happiness was contingent on me seeing something in myself that I was good or some good in myself. Yeah. And it just kind of hit me now when you were saying that, that it's kind of weird. You know, you could be happy without seeing happy, without seeing good in yourself. They seem connected before, and uh, all of a sudden that seemed, um, that's challenged now in my mind. And, yeah. Uh, well, well, um, uh, 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 411, you're never going to see, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to see it, but if your happiness is based on seeing something good about yourself, you can hang it up. You're never going to be happy. <laughs> Isn't that weird? If you think that you're going to see something good about yourself, and then you, if you notice people lie to themselves and say that they're good, oh, I'm a good person. And some of the worst people in the world, I'm good. <laughs> and, the, and the world tell you that you're good. Oh, you're a good person. Because you feel so down about yourself, right? They say, no, you're a good person. Why do you say that? Instead of saying, yeah, you are. You're a messed up, no good person. But don't hate being that way. Isn't it funny you got to love being the way you are in order to be happy? We've been told it's the other way around. And so people fighting to be good in order to be happy, you're never going to be it. I mean, I don't know if you're ever going to be it, but you can hang it up for now. Yes? Well, just to follow up, I, I noticed I used to see or thought I saw good in myself, and uh, I don't see that, I don't know if I see none now, but I don't see what I used to see. And it's, <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of like, what happened to what that? What kind of good you thought you saw before? About I just yourself? thought I was like, good and uh, I don't know I just saw these nice qualities and stuff and like what you know <laughs> nice qualities friendly uh, what funny you know I'll say, I'll say all these things about myself that I thought were there yeah and then the more I live I guess now I just they, they seem like they're going away from me you know so I don't the qualities I don't see the, the way I used to see them it's yeah. very interesting I haven't met a good person yet I've not met a good person <laughs> And I've been all over the country. And, and most people think they're good. I just realized why they, what good is. Too. I just realized that right now. But Well, also I had, a, I had this sense of myself, like this false sense of righteousness. And I would get around people that I knew. And I would get around, yeah. you know, quote unquote, conservative friends. And we'd feel conservative together and righteous. And I realize now I get around the same people now, the same groups and stuff. And they're still nice people. You know, I still, you know, we're still friendly with them and everything. Yeah. But I don't get that same charge of righteousness just to be around them or to be talking about certain subject matters. And and that's a very good point because I work with a lot of different conservative organizations, and I notice that we will go out and we will protest or we will have a conference. And as soon as the conference is over, everybody go get drunk and smoke cigarettes. And, and, and <laughs> But when they're up there talking and debating, they're saying all these good things. And what it is, they feel good when they debate the liberals. And the liberals feel good when they debate the conservatives. And that's a false feeling, too, of feeling good. Um, 
the ones who think that they are trying to save America feel good. They feel better than the ones who are trying to destroy America. It's weird. It's interesting how we find these ways to feel good. Don't, how many conservatives do we have in here? Any conservatives? Oh, everybody in their mama. <laughs> Don't you feel good when you talk about how bad the liberals are? Only one person going to tell the truth. You know, like you're saving America. You're not against America. You're not. You're not for abortion. Doesn't it feel good not to be for abortion? And you feel better than the person who is in favor of abortion. Are uh, you saying pledge allegiance? You feel better. That's a false goodness. That's not what's going to make you happy. Because as soon as you get to feeling good about that, you're going to be by yourself in a moment, and reality is going to set in. And they're going to tell you, you're no good. Look how empty you are. You don't have any friends around. You have nobody that loves you. That's not uh, the one that you're looking for. But the real love thing that you have in seeing that you're no good, you never feel empty again. Or you never feel alone. And you don't get a, a feeling from anybody or anything. And that's why you can take it or leave it. But you got to come to truth about yourself before you can do it. And you can't face truth for a little while. You've got to face it all the time about yourself. So, Pat, you realize you're no good now? I'm a no good, filthy sinner. <laughs> so you can clearly see it and you're not angry about it anymore. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if I'm not angry at all about it. I, it definitely something that I'm expecting to myself to be angry about it because I always have been. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm not angry at all, but I can tell you that I'm not... If I am at all, it's definitely not where it was because anything like that negative before used to be a wipeout for me. I've heard so many people who pray, they sit and pray, be still and know, and, they, and when they first start praying, they wake up and they see all these good things, they start to feel happy, and then the devil come and tell them something negative about themselves, they lose it. And then they say, oh, my prayers are not working. The meditation is not working because I see all these bad things about myself. And I'm telling them, you should be happy to see that. That's what salvation is, being able to see you're no good so, and being saved from it. But they don't want to see that they're no good, so they think prayer is not working because they're looking for something else. I, I think the, the challenge for me now is seeing weaknesses and all sorts of things about myself, and then there's a certain expectancy that they'll be gone at a certain point. Yeah. And then some of them are just seem to be you know, hanging on, you know, all, you know, all my clothes or something. And then, you know, there's just an expectancy that they'll be gone. And then if they're not, I'm kind of looking around like, you know, it's, you know, you start to wonder a little bit what's what's going on. But right. then I just kind of slough it off and just keep walking, you know, because I don't know what else, you know, what else are you going to do? You know? And then because you 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 allow the evil one to set you up, expecting these things to be gone. And if it's not gone in a certain amount of time, then you're going to judge yourself that wow, nothing is working. I'm still a bad person. Yeah. But if you just live your life moment by moment and not have this expectation of what God's going to do and when He's going to do it, then you can live. Well, the expe expectancy has felt like it's me and my seeing. It doesn't. The expectancy has not seemed like a setup, you know, from the evil one. It just seems like my own vision. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of a trick there. Because it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't come in looking like what it actually is. That's why you gotta pray, be still, and know, so the light of God can shine in you and allow you to see what's going on. All He wants you to do is to see yourself, to see what's going on, and do nothing about it. 
But, and, and then, and then I'll come back to that. I don't want to give any answers right now. I'm accused of giving an answer all the time. <laughs> yes, Frankie. One thing I've uh, discovered is the pleasure and feeling good is, is equal to being right and noble and godly. And feeling bad and the negative and uh, not saying it the right way uh, when people are talking truth to you is uh, evil and bad and it's not politically correct. So I've, I've noticed that. It is so bad, people. I'm telling you, it is so, the truth is hated so much that the, when you just tell people the truth without being mean or just say it, they get mad at you. Our society is falling apart because the truth is not setting us free. And the truth should set you free. But what is the truth? The truth is you're no good. You're not God. The truth is that nothing or nobody else can make you free. The truth is that there's a difference between men and women. The roles are different. different. The truth is that we are no good. You know, but how do you face that truth now? You know? We've been lied to and dumbed down so much that how do you face that? Uh, let me ask this young lady. Uh, Christine, is there anything good about you? Are you a good person still or no? No, and not, not only do I not tell the truth to myself, I, I can't tell the truth to other people. Really? Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I skirt the issue. I wouldn't just, uh, whether it's a black person or a white person, you know, I, I don't really tell them what I think, honestly. And... When you have an opportunity to do it, what happens in that moment that prevents you from telling the truth? I want to hurt their feelings. I, you know, yeah. I just want to, you know, kind of skirt the issue. Or I, mean, I might try to get the message across, but I won't just say it, you know, really boldly. And when it's time to face the truth about yourself, what happens that prevents you from facing that truth about self? Well, I mean, I don't think there's anything really good about me, so I, I but. Um, Yeah, I mean, I've been doing a lot of, um, you know, looking at that the last couple of months, and, uh, yeah, not much good. How do you feel about seeing or knowing that you're no darn good? You know, it is what it is. I mean, it just, um, uh, you know, I don't think that there's nothing I can do about that. Um, uh, if there's, um, you know, God wants to shed some light on it, or I guess he will. Are you happy to see it, or a little disappointed? Yeah, no, I, I'm, um, you know, I, I'm in a very kind of different spot in my life right now. I've got a lot of things happening with my mother. I'm retiring pretty soon, and, you know, I didn't think I would be okay with the fact that my mom is, you know, she's dying, and retiring, I, from a job that I've loved for 36 years, I'm over it. I'm, I'm you know, I'm ready to do that now. Yeah. So, um, you know, life, you change, and I, I think I'm, I'm ready to do, go on to a, a different, you know, spot in my life. It's interesting about change, too. When you can really see how you are, you can also see that there's nothing you can do about yourself, and change would take place. It, it's just so interesting how there is really another way to live. You know, and your mind can't conceive this way. You know, you can't even, be, I mean, you can fake it, but you're getting nowhere. 
but your mind can't conceive this other way of living. Just imagine all you have to do in life is to observe life, and it works itself out for you. You know, what does that mean? How do you live a life of just observing things, observing yourself, and things are working out? You know, your mind can't conceive that. You can't, you can't grasp it with your own mind. You have to see it. You have to live it. But when you, the more you let go, the better off you become. The more honest you are with yourself, life just becomes better. It just becomes easier. And then you look at the world around you, you're just totally insane. And you want to tell them, hey, you got to get off this boat. You got to stop. You got to calm down. You got to be honest if you want a good life. But how do you get people to, to, to see life this way? It's weird. I mean, for lack of a better word. It is interesting. I love it, though. And it just gets better and better and better. Yes, sir. Okay. The way, uh, way you describe it, <clears throat> it seems like we as a human race always have a death, a death wish when, uh, when denying the truth. It's that especially uh, the, uh, our black, uh, the black, most black people in this country, it seems like you, uh, you show them a fall, uh, fall and they are... Um, and they are offended. They're more willing uh, when the um, if it's like t uh, saying, uh, showing a person that he's driving toward a cliff, and you'll uh, it'll be offended because you, uh, he think he, he thinks you'll know. And he know he, you're better. Than, he think you're better than him. Blacks and whites are like this. White people are wrong for not telling the truth. You can't be of God and afraid to tell the truth. Really, you can't be of, of him and afraid to tell the truth. And then black people are wrong for not wanting to hear the truth. But they're both wrong. They're both evil and they're both wrong. Because, I mean, there's no way that you could be of truth and then live this life that I'm talking about and not want your fellow man to have it. God said we have to love our enemies when we tell them the truth. And I can't help myself because I want people to have this life that I'm talking about. So I got to tell them the truth in hopes that something will shake them up about it. And so I say to white Americans, you know what? You can't be of God and afraid to tell somebody the truth because they're going to call you a name or you're going to lose something. And now you're at a point where you're giving up on a whole society of people, a whole, no more. And they'll tell me, I don't want anything else to do with black folks. I'm done. I've tried. They keep calling me a name. I'm done. Now, I understand you can't make people, you know, accept the truth. If you want to know how difficult, I mean, if you want to feel, if you want to see what it is to tell somebody the truth, tell a group of women the truth or tell black people the truth. And you see the hell that come back. But you love them enough to tell them the truth anyway. And you don't care about the attack because your heart is to get them to see. And believe me, out of that group, one or two will. Out of a thousand, one person will get it. And that's the person God is trying to reach. And then you let everybody else go to hell. <laughs> let them die. That's when, you, when they die, we're supposed to be dancing at their funerals, not crying. Did you know that? Did you know that when someone dies, you should be celebrating that they're gone? Not boohooing and carrying on. And when they're born, you should be crying about it because hell just entered the earth. Did you know that, Ozzy? I was thinking about you yesterday. I was thinking, I really like Ozzy. She's a country girl. She, um, she's done very well in life. She's a Democrat. I don't care if somebody knows it. 
and she loved what's right. But uh, I was thinking, you know, I, country people are something else. I'm glad I was born a country boy. I wish I could send all you city people to the plantation for a couple of years. Country is a good enough. Country. Yeah. 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 Country life was a good life. <laughs> Wasn't it a good life? Uh, at first I didn't think so, but when I look back, it was a good life. Good life. Yeah. You know, they have to get up in the morning and pick cotton. Yeah. Have to go out and plant corn and peanuts and then go out there and bring it in, cut wood. That was a good life. Yeah. You're part of the earth. Like plants today. Yeah. Yeah, like. But country people are better than city folks. Even though the city people thought they were better than us. They called us names, dummies, and everything. Country person. Yeah. But I thank God I grew up that way now. Yeah. Because I think that had I grown up in the city, I don't think I would be where I am in life right now. I yeah. wouldn't have the same appreciation for life. But growing up a simple way, being country and. Very simple. Just having fun and. There was a respect for one another. You, know, you didn't curse out old people. You respected them. If you were dating, you never wanted another adult to know that you were having sex out of, you know, out of It was an embarrassment about that. You just you hear that from your, your, you know, the elderly. Unlike today, uh, your parents tell you, you can come, come on to my house and do it if you want. Bring your girlfriend over. But I was thinking of you and thinking about that. Uh, I don't want to deviate. Where am I? Okay. Let me. Let me. Oh, did you have? Let me ask you this. Um, what are you in denial about concerning yourself? Okay, my anger to start with. And why don't you? Why is it difficult to overcome that? Because uh, because I always felt uh, felt uh, in many ways some injustice was uh, put upon me, and I. Have trouble de uh, dealing with that. It wasn't just done to you, but why hate it? What else could I possibly do to justify uh, Not hate it. And let the bad guys get off scot free? <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> Which is best to let the bad guy go free or you live a life of hell the rest of your life? Uh, uh, for a try, ne uh, try neither. When, uh, when, nothing, uh, when nothing you do seems to work. It's never going to work until you come into that right place. As long as you hate the bad guy, your life is never going to work. And you're 50 years old now, right? Well, to be honest, it doesn't really feel like it. But you are, though. The reality is, you're 50, right? Only in uh, only Are you 50 or not? <laughs> he can't even tell the truth about that. <laughs> the answer is yes or no. Give it up, Brandon. Give it up. Are you, why are you acting crazy? Mm. Are you 50 or not? <laughs> now yeah, now that being personal. Personal. That's being, what, your, oh, your age is personal? See how bad things are? Yeah. When, when a man, yes. When a man have to be 
personal with his age, then we're in trouble. It's like even now with religion, I interview people on my show and I say, are you a Christian? Oh, that's personal. That's my private life. That's what we're coming to because of the denial of truth. We're coming to that. Everything is personal. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Um, Forrest, yes, sir. And then I'll come to run. You had your hand. Yeah. Um, I, went, I went to traffic school yesterday. And Shame on you. <laughs> I had an interesting experience. There's about 30, 35 people. And the guy, it's comedy traffic school. And the guy that given the school is kind of a, uh, a stand-up comic that nothing went right in his life. So he's teaching traffic school out in the valley in Granada Hills. So he's very liberal, and he's from New York, and uh, you know, eight years of Bush and this and that, and then he talk, starts to talk about this officer in Texas, the, the young white officer who stopped the black football player, and uh, intimating that it was racist, which you know, there may be a may have been some. Is of that. this a white teacher or a black teacher? He was white Jewish. And so he's talking about this, and uh, then I, of course, said, wait a minute here. I said, you mean, I said, like the, uh, the guys in Oakland, where four guys got shot? And he said, well, that was different. I said, look, these guys have to make up their mind in split seconds as to what to do in these situations. There's no book. I don't want to get off truth about that, so instead of long story, tell I me, had to take I, on the whole crowd. Yeah. There's black guys sitting on both sides of me, six foot five. <laughs> and uh, and I took them on and did very well, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, and I stood my ground. And the two guys on both sides of me were my best friends. Of course, they had English accents, but. Uh, uh, it was an interesting experience because everybody in the room was against me. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's how it is. When you're on the side of truth, most of the time, most people are going to be against you. You're going to have to stand alone, but it's okay because God is with you. You're trying to help. You're not trying to prove yourself. You're not trying to hurt anyone. You want them to realize the truth too so that they can go free. You know, mentioning in that story, I saw that as well. Apparently, a police officer stopped some guy from uh, going in to see his mother-in-law before she died because the guy ran a, a light, a red light. And now there are some black people going out and saying that this is racial, racial, racial profiling. I mean, they don't even know the whole story, and they call it a racial profiling, rather than saying, you know, the guy made a bad judgment. The officer could have made a bad judgment. Why not wait and see? But if you allow the real truth to get in there, it may wake up other black people. It may change the relationship between police officers and black people. And there are folks out there who do not want that to happen. So that's why they're putting in this lie right away. To get people angry so that they don't really take the time to see what's going on. That's what's going on right now with that story. And then the guy who killed the four officers up in Oakland last week, they're saying that he is the hero. The, the guy that killed the officers is the hero. And this guy had, uh, I believe he was accused of raping some girl, some young girl before that. He has a criminal record. But black people up in Oakland, some of them are calling it the murderer, uh, a less murderer, a, a hero. 
This is the type of society that we have now. He was on parole. Yeah, he was on parole. But that's what we have now because the truth is not prevalent in our personal lives and public lives. And we can't go free as long as you don't love truth. But you got to first love it about yourself. Then you can go free. Yes, Randy. I was going to say, you can't even tell people that you're not good or that you have issues because they have an ideal of you and they don't want it disturbed. Yeah, you know? that's right. And they will deny that you, you say, no, I'm not good or I'm not this. And they'll say, no, you are because you know, you're their role model for what's good, maybe. You're so right. I hear people tell me that all the time. When I say, I'm no good, don't look up to me. It's like they'll put me in a God-like role and to hear that God is no good, what do you do? You know, what What do you build your life on if the God that you got on the pedestal is no good? You know, it's like a letdown to them. I have an uncle like that. He's like, boy, you think you're something there. I'm like, uh, oh, I'm no good. I'm just enjoying life and having a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Oh, don't say that about yourself. Don't say you're no good. But it's the truth. And it's okay that I'm no good. Because... For some reason, God has worked it out for me. When I thought I was good, life was tough. Whenever you think you're good, life is hell. Because if you're good, you're God. And it's rough being God. Did you have a hand? Yeah. How do you know what you're in denial about about yourself? That's a good question. And um, Ed McAllister want to answer that for you. He's like, because he loved that topic. Well, as a matter of fact, How do I, was, you know, I was thinking I had an answer. Repeat the question a little bit so that they can hear it around the world. How do you know what you're in denial about? about one, of the, one of the ways I know, in fact, it happened this week, um, uh, whatever I'm angry about in someone else, I got. I, I noticed that about myself. You and became angry? Yes, I, I, I was. There was a. We were trying to get a, a business deal done. There was a. There was a deadline, and a group of us were trying to work very hard to get it done on time. And um, I realized I got. I went home. I looked at myself in the mirror, and I immediately called up one of the people that works with me. I said, "Hold on, don't do anything. We're all just a bunch of crazy, angry people. Don't make a move because we were going to have another meeting." I looked at myself in the mirror. I did not like what I saw. I saw an angry, <laughs> nasty person. And I, I almost burst out laughing. And so the next day, after all the meetings were over and things didn't blow up, I drove, I drove up on PCH, which is one of the ways I kind of cool off. Beautiful place, right? And one of the people that was working with me called me. And he sounded so mean and nasty and dry and... And that was the way I was sounding just a few hours before. The very things that... So, I'm sorry. I'm not exactly... Yeah, not yeah make a long story short. Sorry, sorry. The point is, whatever you hated somebody else, whatever you're angry about, you've got that too. And I saw that the very people who were denying why this thing couldn't happen were doing the very same things I was doing. I, I, and Doug, not a great direct answer. Sorry. Doug is like jumping up to add to sorry, it. Sorry, sorry. He's jumping up and down to add to that. How do you know when you're in denial about self, right? So, yes. How do you know when you're in denial about yourself? I don't have an answer to that. I actually had the same question. You have a question? I had the same question. Oh, you had the same question? Oh, okay. Um, oh, let, let's go to the Holy One. 
See? I didn't even have to say the name. You're looking right at me. How do you know when you're in denial about self? Well, I agree with what was said, that when you get emotional, when you get angry about it, that's denial. But also, in, I, I, in my life, like when I was in denial too, I'd like see something about myself, and then I'd, I'd get excuses in my head, you know, the verbal excuses. It's almost like it's me saying it to myself. That's denial, and I would believe it. You know, there's, there was always a multitude of excuses in my head, but now I just acknowledge, you know, when I'm wrong or weak, and I, I'm, I pay more attention to that, you know, the excuses that will try to, you know, try to excuse it away, and I just see it. Clearly, it's just that that is denial, and it, it's trying to it's trying to prevent the good that's that's going to happen if you just acknowledge it, and that's it. Did that help at all? No. <laughs> <laughs> Be honest. That didn't bring anything to light for you. No. Did um, Lord want to add? Then I'll uh, when it was talking about himself and. Um, uh, seeing himself and other people that made him mad That's, that happened to me and I realized that that, hap- that it happened to me I had gotten mad at a lady for being like a know-it-all and having all the answers <laughs> and all this stuff and that. but I didn't, I didn't know it at the time Yeah. and I was so mad with her because she was always jumping in and all that stuff and it was just like that was me yeah. that was totally me <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I'm laughing, but it wasn't funny. <laughs> My friend wanted to add to that. Well, actually, what what you were saying about you know, well, when I used to be on the corners, you know, doing things I wasn't supposed to do. What were you doing on the corner? Uh, so the <laughs> nah. <laughs> what were you doing uh, on the corner? Stuff that I wasn't supposed to do. Like what for that? Uh-huh. Like what, for example? Uh, Don't let the devil stop you. Don't worry about what these people think. Transactions. Like drugs? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're selling drugs? Yes. Oh, okay. Is it hard to say it right now? Sort of. Why? Because I feel like it's, yeah, all eyes. Now, well, of course, all eyes on me now, but... Uh, all eyes on you. Yeah, you know, I cut away from it for about five years. I went to the same area, you know, just to pick me up a bottle of water. And how those guys address me, how they used to talk to me, that's exactly how I used to talk to, how, how I used to treat people yeah. when I was out doing what I was doing. Right. It's, 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 it's funny because, I mean, I mean, it was always in sign of me. I, I knew about it, but then since I hear from other people, I'm like, well, okay, it's really happening. Yeah, so. yeah. And so now you have a desire to overcome all that stuff? Absolutely. What brought on the desire to change from it? Well, uh, I was in numerous situations where I, I'm not saying I should have, but I was supposed to die, probably. It didn't happen. You were supposed to die? Speak up just a little bit for me. I was supposed to die. I think I was supposed to. You should have been dead. Yeah. And uh, it 
didn't have it. So, I mean, my belief and my faith, I mean, and I started recognizing, you know, my wickedness with what I was doing. So, you know, I would, I'm not saying I was going to church every week, but uh, I was withdrawing myself from what the crowd was doing, and then I was gradually, just gradually trying to get up. But, yeah. I mean, I'm not perfect, but, you know. And simply because you started to really see yourself, how wicked it was and what you were doing was wrong, right? Yes. And from that, a change started to happen. It's like you lose the desire for it. It doesn't have the same pull. And see, that's, that's the magic of life, is when you can see yourself as you are, the fact that you see it, and you see how evil it is, you start to change. You start to lose that, that pull that it has on you, or that desire, because you can now see it. And the way that you know that you're in denial about self is your reaction to truth and your reaction to the environment around you. When you're not in denial at all, you're not subject to your outer environment at all. It can't move you at all. You're not motivated by it. You're not up and down in emotions. And when someone tells you the truth about yourself, you, you see it right away, and it, you go free or you get mad, you go in denial. But when you're not in denial, none of that stuff happens. When they tell you the truth, wow, that is true. You're like, you thank them for telling you the truth. I was wrong, you're right about that. I mean, you're so ready to admit it. But if you're in denial about self and someone tell you the truth, it's hard for you to see that. You don't want to see it. And, you know, you make up excuses not to see it or pretend like you can't see it. You come up with all kind of denial stuff. But when you are not in denial, you're open for truth about yourself. If a, if a little kid told you the truth or a black person told you, a white person, you're ready. If your enemy told you the truth about yourself, even when I'm debating my enemies, I listen to what they have to say because some of what they say may be true about me. It really, because your enemy will tell you the truth before your friend. And they'll tell you in order to hurt you. But when you're not in denial about self, you can receive the truth from anybody without being mad about hearing that truth. And, and, and you know yourself too. When you're not in denial, you know yourself. A person who is denial is in denial about self. They, they don't want to see the reality of who they are. You start to see yourself clearly. That makes sense? Yeah. And you're just ready for... I love it. It is so nice. It, it is so nice. It really is. But you got to come out of denial about self. And we have done some awful things in life. When you're in darkness, when you're growing up angry and you know, you're out of control, we do some bad stuff growing up. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And then all the stuff, we, we'll, we'll judge other people, so what we're doing, you know, it doesn't seem so bad. Like with Raymond, he was talking about how bad black people are and stuff, but with himself, he can't admit his age. <laughs> he can't get over the anger because it's easier to say how bad the black folks are. It's harder to say, I'm angry and I'm in denial and don't want to use, admit my age. Because he, he got to drop his anger so that he can face everything about himself first. I'm 50, but I don't have... No, admit it now. <laughs> but, uh, but it I'm forcing like you it. to... Well, it doesn't feel like it. Yes, definitely. You had your hand. Oh, it's hard enough. 
Um, what you were talking about before, I was wondering how they made that guy into a hero that shot the four police officers. Uh, first of all, they hate police officers. They hate authority. And there's this uh, anger toward authority, especially policemen, from black people. And so when this guy killed them, it was just some joy for them. You know, like this guy, it doesn't matter. Even if he already has a criminal record, that is blamed on the white man. So there's just justice being done in an angry person's mind. So he get off? No, he's dead. No, he's dead. I think he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> yeah, he's dead as a donut. Oh. But, you know, Jesse, uh, I'm following that story, too. He shouldn't even have been out, the guy that killed those officers. Yeah. He should have been still in jail. Like well, a lot more so people are going to get out now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Did you hear about that? Now that the state is broke, they're going to start yeah. letting out more prisoners. Yeah. So get ready, folks. But that's how you can do it. When you have hatred or anger in your heart, then you justify wrongdoing. It's funny how you can do that, too. And it seems right that you're doing that. You know, when you have that kind of anger. That's why God wanted to drop anger. What did the officer, what did they say he, they did wrong? I don't know the whole story yet. No. They stopped him they stopped the rest of him. He just stopped shooting. No, they stopped him. Yeah. And uh, he came out the car shooting yeah, at, that's at right. the police officer. Oh, okay. The first set, the first two. The second two were SWAT officers. When they went in, he went to his sister's house, and he had a gun in there. When they went to get him, and he opened fire on them with automatic. Yeah. He wasn't a semi auto it was straight automatic. So those two got killed. They eventually died. So they killed him. And in the black community, what they're doing, they are justifying uh, the police brutality. Yeah. And they, they pocket that with him, and that's why they're saying that, hey, it's good the police died. Can you imagine what's that doing to the next generation of black yes. kids growing up? It's just going to get worse. When they see the adults blaming the officer for that, they're going to think uh, police officers are bad too, and they're going to grow up hating police officers. And so it just continued to go that way. Rather than rebuking this guy and, and being honest about it so the kids can learn to lie, and it's like that in most people's lives. Rather than saying, you know what, I'm wrong. I'm wrong for doing that. Even if you can't stop doing what you're doing right now, at least know that is wrong. And when you could just know that I'm wrong, I'm doing this thing, but I'm wrong about it, it's like what happened in your life. You start to get away from it. it you find it just, it's like God comes in and he starts to shine the light so you can get out of it. But if you're doing wrong and don't admit you're wrong, you're not going to get anywhere. You're just going to get deeper into it. Because you're denying truth. That's what Adam did. Adam said, the woman made me do it. Instead of saying, you know what, God, Father, I'm sorry, I was wrong. And had he said that, the women would be suffering and the men would not have to suffer. We will have a good life, but he denied it. I'm, I'm wrong, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. It's like with parents, with children, when they mistreat their kids, they're angry with the kids, and they yell at them. And the, and the kid's like, you know, Dad or Mom, why are you treat me this way? I didn't do anything. You're the one that's doing it. Instead of the parents saying, yes, child, I'm wrong, I'm sorry, they'll make the child angry so that they don't have to admit that they're wrong. And recreating the kids in their image, and the hell continues. Isn't that amazing how evil, how lies work? You gotta wake up. Yes, Matt. Can I see your hand? Yeah, you were talking about racism and how you know white people are just kind of fed up and they're 
but, and it's true, and it occurs to me that everybody is so self-righteous, you know, you have white people that are so self-righteous about, because, you know, they kind of look at what's going on with black community and just kind of write them off, you know. Yeah. You know, we're going to go over here and just forget about these guys. And black people kind of are self-righteous in their own way towards white people. And look at, you know, look at what these guys have done over these years, and they kind of build up this thing inside of them. Yeah. But it's like, it's kind of like the way of the world is self-righteousness. Everybody is self-righteous, that but nobody is actually <laughs> righteous. Yeah. And it occurred to me that in the, uh, was the Our Father prayer, it really doesn't talk about being, that I remember being righteous in this. It just tells you to forgive, you know, that uh, forgive as we, you know, we'll be forgiven as we forgive. So, like, the whole emphasis is on forgiveness, and you've been talking about this for years, about forgiveness. But the way of the world doesn't talk about forgiveness. It's only about being righteous. Yeah. Or not really righteous, but self-righteous. Yeah. That's amazing. Evil is having its way, and it's destroying. And, and evil made a promise that it's going to destroy every man, woman, and child. And it is absolutely happening. Now, did that help to explain how do you know when you're in denial about self? Yeah. It is. Are you in and out about yourself? Um, yeah. I mean, I'm sure I am. I can't think of, I mean, specific examples. Like, I, I guess I'm still kind of, um, you know, try to tell, like, what I'm actually in denial about and what I'm, what I'm not. Yeah. Um, do you have anger toward yourself or anyone else? Yeah. And and toward who yourself or someone else? Uh, myself. And what are you angry at yourself about? Um. <clears throat> I guess I'm I, I'm angry, kind of like what we, you know, what we were talking about earlier that I'm not a good person. And why do you think you're not a good person? What is it about you that makes you think you're not a good person? <clears throat> I don't know. I, I guess I'm, I'm still. I, I guess I'm struggling with. <clears throat> um, I mean, the fact that I do do good things sometimes, but you know, I'm not all the time. And I, I think if I was a good person, I'd do good things all the time. You think if you do you know any people or any person who is a good person that's doing good things all the time? Do you know anyone like that? No. Well, why do you think you need to be that way? Where did that idea? I mean, come? I think like more that way. I'm sorry. I think like not totally that way, but like more and more that way. But where did you get that idea from? Though? <clears throat> just, I don't know, it just feels good to be, you know. <laughs> You're good to be good. Yeah. <laughs> But so you think you are a bad person because you don't do good things all the time? Yeah. What is a good thing to do that you think is good that make you good? You just speak up, be honest, things like that. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, so you think that if you spoke up, that, that you would be a good person? Yeah, I mean, among other things, yeah. yeah. Boy, who do you think about that? Do you feel that you're not good enough? I don't. Like you I can't don't, do things right. 
No, I, th I think All in general I, I do things right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, not all the time. What do you think about that point? In relation to what? Just in general? Or? That he feels that he's not good enough because he doesn't do good things all the time. Well, How many people feel that way? That you're not good enough because you don't do good things all the time? If, the you, time. if you get your eyes off yourself from the standpoint of being selfish and do things for others, tell them the truth, what do you think made him feel that way, that he's not good enough? Because he doesn't do enough good things. What do you think made him feel this way in his life? Well, the, the obvious thing is self-judgment. And what do you think made him or caused him to start judging himself in that way? I probably started him on that road. You probably or you didn't? Yeah. Did you or you probably? I, I guess I did. Well, you need to know for sure because I don't want to put anything in your mouth and I don't want to make... You need, either you did or you didn't. Probably means you're not sure. Yeah, I started him on that road of, 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 of judgment. Of, yeah, he's good, he's bad, this is good, this is bad, this is this, this is that, you know. You did that to him? Yeah. Um, do you realize your father did that to you? He's thinking about it now. Yeah, probably. And how did he do it? I just, I mean, I guess just seeing seeing him when I was younger, like, you know, him judging himself and others, I guess. You're not for sure? No, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. Um, how about when you were playing tennis and stuff and all the pressure that you put on you to be good and yelling and carrying on, as though you could never get it quite right the way it should be? Do you think that impacted you in any way? Yeah, I'm sure. And I don't want to put where I want you to start examining this so you could go free. Because if you can clearly see what made you feel that way, that's what's going to free you up and it's going to change your whole life. Because doing good, if you did good all the time, uh, that would make you a good person. And a lot of people think that if I can go out and just do good, if I do good all the time, it's going to make me a, a good person. That's not what's going to make you good. If you got up every day and did good, that's not going to make you a good person. If you got up every day and just told the truth to everybody, and I've seen people do that, that's not going to make you a good person. Some of the worst people on earth are the ones that tell other people the truth. Have you ever noticed that? Oh, yeah. Especially the Christians. All in the name of Jesus. And I remember people who used to meditate, they were like, every time, every time they meet somebody else, they tell them the truth. It's your mama. You hate your daddy. You know. And they have some of the worst you want to run. Have you ever noticed people like that? You were like that? Yeah. yeah. So just because you tell truth or do good doesn't make you good. It's a, that's a uh, deception from the devil. So I want you to let that idea go. Because you may get out there and try to do good, thinking that that's going to make you feel better, and you're going to give away all your money and time and still feel bad about yourself. Maybe have you ever thought that telling people the truth is going to make you feel good? Oh, be um, good. Yeah, I have in the past. Yeah, and a lot of people have done that. Yeah. But um, so, is it possible that you resented the pressure that was put on you that made you feel you were never good enough?
Have you ever thought about this at all? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of times I did feel like I was good enough, though. And were there times you didn't feel you were good enough? Yeah. I mean, were there times? Yeah. So there were times when you felt good enough, and there were times when you felt that you were not good enough. Yeah. And what would make you feel that you were not good enough? Um... This is why it's so important to know yourself, because if you can get to focus on yourself, you'll start to understand what brought on these things for you. And, and, and because you, you end up hating these things, and that's what brings it on. But under that, underneath that hatred, you forget what really caused it. But if you start seeking, God will allow you to see it, and then he'll set you free from it. Yes, Lord. What is the timing, or when, like, like when I was young, I had no desire to examine myself. And it didn't happen until I was older, right. unfortunately. And when you start examining yourself, that's when you start, um, I found that things start to change. But you have to have a genuine, truthful curiosity right. towards the things that I see that you're asking. Because I'm going through the same thing with me. If you don't face them look at them head on and you, 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 you do the answers hit you between the eyes I mean as far as what, why would I want to do that you know I mean yeah. you, you know why would I want to go there why would I want to do this even though I still have a weakness to want to go in that direction I see that it's it's just not the right it's just not the right thing to do yeah. I, I don't want to go down there because I know what's waiting for me um, and so your question when at what point in life do we start to it, it one, focus on stuff yeah, at what point? I mean, when the pain gets too much? Yeah, that's a very good question. In the Bible, it says that when we get older, it tells parents to teach us the right way to go. And then when we get older, we'll fight it for ourselves, right? And so when you get older, your ego is less, uh, you're less, it's not as strong as it is when you're younger. When you're a young person, you feel like you are God. And you're the master of your own life. But as you get older... You start to feel the pain of death. Life is a little shorter. and You, yeah, you can look point. back and see the mistakes you made. That's when you start seeking. You have more conflict now. And you start looking at to how to overcome it. But So do you feel like tension right now when I ask these specific questions with, between you and your son? Do I feel tension? Yeah. Not really, but I think he does. Do you, do you, know, you feel a little tension? Yeah, a little Like this young man said, that all eyes are on him because now you've got to get personal. Did you feel a little attention from that? Yeah, well, not not because of that, but like I mean, you know, we've been over this a million times. And, yeah, so we you know, I just a million and one. You know, I just I just don't want to say yeah, it's all his fault for you know putting all this pressure on me, blah blah blah. Like why not if it's true? I don't know. I can't hear you. I mean, I don't see what blaming him for all this stuff is going to do. You don't see what blame it. Is it possible it may set you free? Yeah, yeah, I suppose. It's a cause and effect for everything. And if you can see, because you were subject to him growing up, he wasn't subject to you. And if he did it with the wrong spirit, it created this resentment inside of you. And that's what could be driving you to do everything else. 
But if you don't look at it so you can forgive him, you're never going to be free. It's the devil telling you, oh, don't bring your father for everything. You have something to do with it. You didn't have anything to do with it. You were following an authority figure, someone your father, someone you loved, and you're trying to be the best for him. And you resent the fact that you couldn't be that. This is going to bring all the problems. You've got to look at that. And I know the world is, have taught that you're a part to blame, but as a kid, you are not to blame for this. You, you know, you start hating because you had no other way of dealing with it. That kind of pressure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense at all? Yeah. And so, does it hurt to put the blame on him? Not really. I mean, if he's to blame, it, you know. <laughs> if you were a father... And your father yelling and screaming and cursing and carrying on at you. How you, I mean, you doing that to your son. How do you think your son will feel about that? Obviously not great. I can't hear you. Not great. And why, why, would, he not, why would he not feel great about it? Because, um, I mean, no, no one likes to be, you know, yelled and screaming at, you know, you know, especially... A young son needs, you know, encouragement, and you know. And did you feel that way growing up at times? Yeah. And what did you do about it when you felt that way? When I felt like he was yelling at me too much. Yeah. You know, um. I probably just secretly resented him. I can hear. Secretly resented him. Yeah. And unless you can admit that and face that he did that to you, how are you ever going to go free? Do you think it would hurt him to admit that he did this to you? I don't know. I mean, what is holding you back from admitting it and being honest about it? Do you think it would hurt him? Do you think that... What? I don't know. What you, I'm trying to understand what's holding Because there's something there that making you not want to look at the picture as it is. He, he told me this on the phone Hold on a, minute, a week on. and a half Hold ago. On a he told me. Hold on a minute. What is it uh, that preventing you from doing it? I think I've done it. I mean, I just like, I mean, there's no use just saying, you know, keep on saying, yeah, yeah, he put all this pressure on me when I was younger. And, and it's not, the pressure was wrong, but the, the problem with it is that you hated him for it. And that's what's eating you up inside now. You're not free from that hatred of it. And he did the best that he could do. He did what, at the time, he knew how to do it. At the time, he thought it was right. But because you hated it, that's what you need to let go of. But unless you can face that, you're never going to be free from it. Okay. And when you are free from it, he can never make you feel that way again, or anybody else. They can never make you angry again. That makes sense? Yeah. So you said you've talked to him about it. Have you forgiven him? <clears throat> I thought he gave, forgave him for it a long time ago. I just, maybe I haven't. Can he still upset you? Yeah. And you haven't forgiven Because once you truly forgive your father, you're going to love him. And if he never changes his attitude, you would just love him and see him as he is and not be moved by it. you got my word on that. 
And then everything else in your life will straighten out itself. It will start to straighten out and fly right. It will just naturally come together. But you got to face the whole thing as it is. And all everybody, we had, I, had, I hated my mother and dad too. I really hated my mother more so than my father because my mother had the most influence. My dad wasn't there. And when I went to her and said what it is and forgave her, then I could see reality in a different light. And my mother and I became good friends. She would call on me to help with the other kids and stuff. But I had to face it. I couldn't pretend that it wasn't what it was. I was a child subject to my parents. And, and my mother did a number on me. And so you're never going to be free until you can do that. Nothing else is going to save you from that. Isn't that right, Forrest? For sure. And you about to say he, he talked to you before about it? I talked to him about a week and a half ago, and he told me in uncertain terms that I had heard him a lot of times when he was young. Yeah. And he, in a very angry voice. And he, I don't, I don't, know, if he, I don't know what he thinks, but uh, instead of pursuing, you know, going along those lines and understanding that he does does hate me and he needs to get better, uh, he, he must admit these things to himself. He, 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 I guess he thinks that makes him a bad person or something. If he admits... Do you whatever. think it'll make you a bad person to say, I hate my dad? No. Do you know what's holding you back? I, I guess not. What do you think about this? Um, I think this is a right-on conversation. Do you hate your mother, too? I don't think so. So why are you rolling your eyes just now? They almost went up at the top of your head. What did you roll your eyes just now? Because uh, she didn't give an answer. She didn't give an answer? No. I think everything that you said is, is very true. I think that, that he, he was hurt many times during his tennis career and for other things. Yeah. This is how Forrest deals with things, and I know that even today, this morning, you know, I haven't been able to forgive him because he can get me to that pressure point, you know, again, just by being a little short or whatever with, with me. Yeah. Um, now, do you understand that that's your key to freedom? Yeah. Because there's no other way to go free. And then you mean to really get along with him. When you hear his voice, it won't make you mad, or your mother's voice, it won't make you mad. Because God will set you apart from them, and you guys will become more like friends rather than son and parents. You become an adult then. But you got to look at the, the whole thing and be honest about it. Do you resent your mother for anything at all? I don't think so. She did everything right while you were growing up? 100% right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Without a doubt in my heart, I'm 100% convinced that it's the anger toward your father that you've not really faced and let go of that's interfering with your life. I have no doubt about it. Because I grew up with you and I know this stuff. I, knew, I know how you were treated. You were treated at times. And for a father to treat his son in that way can't help but cause destruction. Because the father is like God to the son and the daughter. And if God is out of control, the son is going to be out of control too. There's nothing more disappointing than to see a father like that. So I have no doubt, until you forgive him, be honest that that's what it is, you're never going to be free. Unless something that happened in your life that I don't know about. 
that anything else happened that I don't know about, and you hate that. No. But you're never going to go free, man, until you can face your dad and forgive him. And, and don't rely on him changing. He may never change. He may be sweet today and curse you out tomorrow. But if you forgive him, it'll be another person out here talking. And it will not affect your heart at all. As a matter of fact, it'll cause you to love him and wish him well. What? What do you think you're in it? Honestly, I'm not thinking anything. No, okay. Would you at least think about this and kind of look at it closer? So, yeah. And if you have any resentment toward him at all, if he can make you mad, if there are times when you don't want to be around him, if you don't want to communicate with him, all that is evidence that you still resent him. That's the evidence. When you react to your world, the outer world, it's the evidence that you have hatred in your heart. Because when you don't have hatred in your heart, you cannot react to your outer environment. You can't do it. It's impossible. Isn't that right, Forrest? Right. Uh, real fast, are there things that you did to him that you regret now? Because you see the effect of it? Oh, yeah. Like what, for an example? Well, I've often thought that... Uh Remember, you walk like you're 50. <laughs> you walk like you're 60. You said you feel like you walk like you. Go ahead, Parker. I'm sorry. Well, um, just the overall picture of the way uh, I thought I should raise my children was to be an achiever, give it everything you had on every day, every moment of every day. That's a wrong answer. Ridiculous. Now that is wrong. You should be rolling your eyes. <laughs> How about when I cursed what was the, my son? What was the question again? Are there things that you did to him that you regret now because of what it has done to him? Well, there were there were moments when, when I, I uh, when I thought he was irresponsible with his um, work ethic. No, I asked. Are there things you've done to him that you regret now because you see what it has cost? Answer number three. <laughs> <laughs> see how hard it is? We can just talk about it. I food. can't talk. I can't remember. It's Do you ever remember the person that I'm on the court? Well, sure. Do you regret that? Uh, sometimes yes and sometimes no. Sometimes it was out of my own anger and other times... I have a job to do as, as showing an example to people, a high example of excellence on the tennis court. That's what my job is. I, I get fired all the time. I get chastised. I get cursed. By whom? By other people. But that, that's not your daddy. What? Other people are not your father. Do you want me to tell you what my answer is, or you want to give me what you think I should say? I want the truth. I just gave it to you. But do you think cursing your son is the right way to do it? Sometimes. There's a time to curse your son. God damn it, how come, you know, you're not trying, you know, whatever it is. I, uh, uh, I regret a lot of that when it came from my own anger, but at times it's up to a good teacher to get angry at a student for not... What? And curse them. What do you mean by and curse them? You said it's time for a good teacher to get angry at a student and use curse words. 
Yeah. So there's a time for a father to get angry at his child, whether the male or female, and curse at them because they want them to be the best. Yeah. There's, you there's, agree there's, that there's times to do that. I don't know. Do you agree with that? You're 24 years old then. I, I don't know. You, you think that it's okay for a father to curse at his son because he wants him to be the best? I, I don't know. I think there might be a time to curse. I, I don't know. I, do, I don't did know. Did he feel like love when he did it? I mean, I can't remember, but most of the time, no. But maybe there is a time. I don't know. I mean, most well, of the time, no. You guys are remembering this. I'm going to choke you. <laughs> I'm going to get you free if it kills me. There's not a time for this. Uh, okay, there's boy. not a time then. No, a father. You have to think about how kids see their father. And how they want to please their father. They want to be the best for their father. And your father is cursing at you. Would you like it if God cursed for it? Would you let it, like it if God cursed if you wasn't wrong? Well? Let's go back a couple of frames. Um, I've often thought of if I didn't push as hard as I pushed, that it was probably the wrong thing to do. If I'd have gone 95% instead of 100% or 90% instead of 100%, might have made a lot of difference. But what I didn't realize at the time really is this athletic thing doesn't mean very much in the scope of a person's life and it can be a huge negative um, and, and so therefore if it's injurious to a young person especially my own kids it was the wrong thing to do and it was a mistake and I have a feeling that I that's where I made the mistakes with all three of them I pushed them too hard there's a way to push but push in the right way. Push with love. I know how to push that way, but it, you know, it gets to a certain point. I, I don't want to go into that. It sounds like excuses. Yes. I just want to know the force. Did you curse at the other kids too, or did you? I curse at all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't miss a one. Miss a huge opportunity, huh? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm out of time, and I just want to say for it that you're as evil to do that to your children. Any father or mother, but especially father who curse at their kids to make them better in life is operating from evil. God never curses at you and he makes you become the best person in the world. And you represent God in the home. And for you, hopefully you would see that after a while. And when you and your son sit to have a good talk, you can admit that that was evil. Because it didn't make him the best person. It made him feel like he's not good enough. And you definitely pushed him. You did your best in that way. But if you look at the result, it didn't work out. But had you done that with love, I guarantee you he'll be a different young man today. I agree with that. You don't you shouldn't want anything that badly that you will have to curse at your, at your kids to make them do it. That's not love. And and Doug, you're gonna have to Hopefully, I pray that you really take a close look at that and, and, and be honest about And I understand maybe you just don't see it right now. But you need to examine that and see how you really felt when that was happening to you. The embarrassment of it, the whatever, the shock of it, so that you can start really seeing it and know that, that like he said, that's all he had to operate with. So you can truly forgive him.
but you you shouldn't right now worry about if you're going to hurt his feelings or you putting all the blame on him. He need to have all the blame for that part because he did it to you. You were subject to him. And unless you can look at it, man, you're never going to go free, I'm telling you. And then once you forgive him, you'll have that right relationship with him. It'll be very nice. But you also have a peaceful life. And it's hard for Foyce to admit it totally. It's hard for him to admit it. And so don't expect that to happen. You have to talk to him about how you felt about it when it was happening. And the impact that it has left on your heart. Will you think about that at least? Yeah. All right. And if you need me, we, we, the three of us could get together and we put a cross on it. <laughs> we need to do everything to get it right. What do I have to do to admit it? I mean, tell me what I have to do to admit it. I thought I just did. You, you, you admit it, but you think it's right. I don't know how you feel. I don't, no, I don't. I don't think it's right. You said you thought it would need it at times. Well. It would never need it. It was never needed. Okay. Never needed it. To guide him, to teach him, to be patient with him, to tell the truth is all he needed. He didn't need the cursing from you. That kind of pressure is not good from a father. It's not from God when you do that. It's not love. In closing, I'm out of time. I wish I wasn't, but I am. Um, when you are conscious of self and you love what's right, the whole purpose of it is to create love. Because when you are of that, you are of love. Like I was telling Doug, it's not what you do that makes you good. You have to be good in order to do good. Meaning that your nature has switched from evil to good. And now you have God's nature in you, which is a good nature. But you're still going to see that you're no good. But he, you're going to operate from love, and that's when your world starts to open up. The whole purpose of being honest, the whole purpose of truth is to create love. To be of love. That's why you tell somebody the truth, because you want them to get better. You don't want anything from them. You're not trying to hurt them. You just know if they can admit truth about themselves, what really happened, then they can go free. You're creating love then. And that's what we are on earth for, to create love. And when you have anger in your heart, bitterness, when you're a liar, when you deceive yourself and others, you can't create love. Because you're of your father, the devil. And that's why we got to tell the truth, because the truth is love, the truth is God, and he will come and dwell in us, and he will change our ways, and we can live our life. That's the purpose of admitting that you're wrong. That makes sense? Because otherwise, you don't even have love. When you are in denial, you don't have love. You have this phony love, but it's not real love. That's why you got to admit you're wrong, so your heart can change. That was wrong what he did to his son. Wrong. There was no love in that. And that's why he was traumatized from it. Do you guys understand that? You, I'm sorry? A little. A little. Well, we may have to do a part two. How much time do we have? Um, one minute? We only have one minute. Who can read really fast and well? Not the way it takes you a minute to get up here. Uh, let me do this. I want you to read when you have time. I want you to read First uh, Corinthians. Is that what it is? Oh, yeah, First Corinthians chapter thirteen. 
1 through uh, 13. You're going to see what love is. It tells you what it is. And when you come out of denial, you're going to live that way. And when you're living that way, you know you have it. 1 Corinthians 13, 1, 1 through 13. Will you read that? And we'll discuss it next Sunday. We don't have time to read it, Raymond. I appreciate that. We're out of time. But that's what love is. But when you let, when you let go of your anger, when you forgive others, and you're born again, you start living what it's, it is talking about. You can't help but live that way. All right? So this week, what I ask of you is that you look at yourself and be honest. I mean, if I were a father, I had to do this with my son. I wasn't there for my son, and I admitted that I was wrong, and here's what I did. I'm sorry about it. And my son didn't, didn't overcome right away, but I stayed patient with him, and, and now he's much better. It, but I can't halfway apologize or apologize and make up excuses. I had to do it because, you know, I have to curse once in a while. No, you don't. Not if you want to make your kids better. All right? So read that. Uh, I invite you to go to my website and get a copy of Be Still and Know. It's a prayer CD, and it will show you how to calm down so the truth can catch up with you. All right? And when you love truth, you're open so truth can come in. You know, it's not hard for truth to enter inside of you. So go to bond, I mean, church at bondinfo.org or call us at 800-411-BOND, 800-411-2663. We also need your donation, your tithes, and offers. We need your support. I thank you guys for this, and I hope, did this help a little bit? You got to love truth. Oh, bondinfo.org? Oh, bondinfo.org. Show me the numbers to remember. But call us at 800-411-BOND. We also provide counseling as well. Um, I encourage you to pray and be honest with yourself so you can get over this stuff, all right? Uh, tune in next week, and uh, I hope, don't forget to tune in to my radio show Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. Pacific time. Thank you, guys. <laughs>